Well, good evening, everybody. John Richards, a cut above horror review. We are in episode number 23, and I threw a little curveball at my co-host, uh, Jacqueline at Hydraberg, bringing in a very special secret guest, Soju. Justin from Straight Chillin' Podcast. Real quick thing about them is they started this community of horror movie fans. Uh, Jacqueline Hydraberg and I got together and decided to start our own podcast. We want to thank those guys, Bob, Soju, and Randy. Thank you guys so much. So episode number 23, we are getting into the holiday season talking about Christmas Evil from 1980. So you better watch out. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is in town. You know, he knows if you're naughty or nice. Episode 23 coming up, a cut above. Horror Review starts right now. Ho, ho, ho. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing the film Christmas Evil from 1980. But before we get into it, let's meet everybody else on the show. First, I'd like to introduce a very special guest host. Welcome to Justin from the Straight Chilling Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Justin. What a bitch, boy, so do (laughs) <laughs> thanks for having me on guys i always have to gauge it now with zoom because like it peaks out too much so turn it down a scotch don't worry we're not gonna we're not gonna complain about your levels like right now. <laughs> yeah. hey guys thanks for having me on for a christmas special Woo. well john ho, ho, totally ho. surprised us with with you as our special christmas gift guest host we had yeah, no idea that was so. fun it was a very happy surprise so yeah super <laughs> glad to have you here justin can't wait to hear what you have to say about this film and next up, we have Hydraberg. What's going on, Hydraberg? What's up? What's How you going doing this on? week? Pretty good, pretty good. Just been watching some horror movies this week. Yeah? Anything yep. good besides this masterpiece? Uh, yeah, I watched um, uh, Deep House or House of the Deep. Or, no, what's it? Um, The one with the house underwater. I think it's called uh, Deep House. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I haven't bad. watched that one yet. Was it? I heard it was like pretty good. There's some things that like um, the diver better, one. but overall, like I, I thought it was a decent um, the deep house. That's what it was called. I thought About it was a the pretty divers, decent. Right? Yeah, it was a decent like story with some cool atmosphere. Cool. It was different. That sounds than good. That sounds like a good setup. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. And last but not least, we have John. How you Mr. doing, John? I'm good. How are you, Jacqueline? By the way, uh, I, I did this for you guys, and I, I'm sorry about lying to you. Uh, we do have a special guest, but but I wanted to bring every member of Straight Chilling Podcast on because we collectively, Jacqueline Hydraberg and myself, would not have gotten together without Straight Chilling Podcast. So we've had Bob on. Now we have Soju Absolutely. on. We're gonna we're gonna get Randy on eventually. But uh, Soju, thank you so much for coming on, man. And it's just. Uh, you guys have so much going on. You got the YouTube, you got the, the the website, find your podcast anywhere. Do you want to plug it just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I am from the Straight Chillin' Podcast. Um, you can find us everywhere. Uh, YouTube, <laughs> Spotify, Stitchers, all those kind of things. And um, yeah, we review horror movies every week. Um, and yes, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and I, um, I, yeah, I'm, it, I'm glad I finally got here because this has kind of been in the making for a little bit, honestly. But I've just been on the move, so. Um, but I'm kind of glad I got to come for a Christmas special. I love Christmas horror movies, or just like the idea of Christmas horror movies. So I'm glad I'm finally home for the holidays and ready to, uh, to guest with you guys. Awesome. Well, we are super excited. And I know uh, Nick and I especially probably are still like adjusting to this news. So Uh, Uh, (laughs) I am definitely John, you little devil. I always knew you were a little devil. You've always been a little devil. And we knew it from your Halloween picture when you were like five or whatever. Oh, yeah. I I had to keep it quiet for a long time. John originally reached out to me like September, but I was like moving so much. I just couldn't lock it down. (laughs) Like any episode in particular or this one? Uh, no, no, just for an earlier yeah, one. I just couldn't there. lock it down. Yeah, so right. happy to be here now. You're yeah, an Justin, international like... man of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it seems like you've been all over the place lately. Uh, yeah, all I'm over Washington. Well, mostly like Washington and Seoul, but it's just like so many flights. Uh, Got to lock it down. Lock it down. <laughs> while, we, uh, right now. <laughs> while we have you on the uh, podcast, how was uh, Andy's wedding? Oh, it was amazing. The straight yeah. chilling wedding. The first straight chilling wedding that we've had. <laughs> Even though we did not. Uh, somebody was asking me today, oh, did you guys cast like from the wedding? I was like, no, I don't think that would have been allowed. <laughs> um, like but it was a phone policy. Yeah, it was awesome. You know what we did? I've got I need to share them on the Slack. We took a shot of Malort. Mm. Yeah. So Andy's a little behind the scenes at uh, Randy's wedding. He had a cocktails special from every place he's lived in the oh, uh, awesome. U.S. because they traveled a lot. Oh, that's and a lot. so um, me and Bob and Randy's sister, we did like an around the country, like drink every cocktail. And then we all finished it with the shot of Malore. Actually, Randy might have done around <laughs> the country, too. But I feel like yeah. we should have started with the so most. Wow. It, was, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun, though. <laughs> Damn, that sounds like a lot of drinks. Yeah, yeah. we threw up first. <laughs> <laughs> we were all good. I, we all, we all, right. all held it down. I'm surprised, but we all did. Right. Well, well, you, you guys are if, still young men. Yeah, if you yeah. notice, the mom over here is finally drinking again. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it's nice to be able to imbibe once more. Nice, there you go. get it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Oh, I will. Mm. All right. Well, you guys ready to talk a little bit about this film? I absolutely. Am. I've got oh. all kinds of notes for you guys. Awesome. Well, John, this was your. Oh my gosh, is that like five pieces of paper? Great. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, John, this was your pick. Would you like to tell us why you chose this film for us to discuss this week? I absolutely did. <clears throat> I, I, I do got to say thank you again to Soju for coming on again. Uh, we've had Justin on my previous life, and it's always been a fun conversation. But I do know that this guy really likes Christmas horror movies. Uh, for me, this movie has grown on me exponentially over the past couple of years. I, I probably saw it back in like 84 and I must've been oh, like eight that... years old. Oh, wow. So, so it was like unbelievably like weird to me, but uh, the more I've seen it every year during Christmas time is the more I've actually enjoyed this movie. So for me, you know, this is, this is like one of those quintessential uh, horror Christmas movie watches, you know, I, I know we get more every single year, but this one, you, you just need to see to get in the spirit of the holidays. All right. 
Fair enough. I have to admit, before we even start talking about it, it did kind of put me in the Christmas spirit a little bit. I've had trouble getting into it this year. I don't know why. Normally, I'm like super early on it, but this year I just haven't felt Christmassy, but watching this kind of helped me get there a little bit. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and right. I actually listened to your uh, your review the other day on Hardware. Okay. Okay. So you good. already know his thoughts, huh? <laughs> no, I feel like his thoughts change over time. But Yeah, probably. <laughs> It's grown. Plus, we have a different setup than his podcast, so we do things yeah. a little differently. So, absolutely. I thought about listening to that today, and then I thought, no, I don't want to be influenced by your previous mm. thoughts. I'd rather just hear spontaneously today what, what you think of it. So, I I kind of passed on that, but I'm going to listen to it probably tomorrow yeah. and see how it compares. I didn't listen back to it at, at all, but I watched it again and have some I maybe new thoughts. I don't know, Justin. You guys covered this once too, right? Yeah, and I actually yeah. did the same thing with Horrorphoria and our cast. I was like going to listen to be like, oh, how do I feel about it? It's like, no, because we covered it back in 2018. Then and we do, uh, no, we did, yeah. yeah, you guys did that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah, I did um, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 with you, which was Ugh. one of the options you proposed. And I was like, don't make me go through that again. <laughs> Garbage day. <laughs> Thank God you didn't pick that one. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I did it. I have watched this movie several times since then but I have not revisited the cast recently at least. So I wanted to kind of keep it fresh as well. Yeah, me too. All right. We were on the same page there. Gentlemen, would you like to discuss whether this movie fucks or sucks? Certainly. All right. Um, Justin, as our guest, would you like to go first or would you like to defer to... I'll go first. Yeah, okay. sure. Uh, this movie totally fucks. And uh, this movie fucks in a way that it's kind of, it's the kind of person that you meet on the street who you think like, ah, that person at best is kind of vanilla and worst is a bad lay. But, <laughs> but then, but then you, you figure, you know what it's, I'm going to get in the Christmas spirit. I'll get down on it. And, and you get in the sack and you're like, Oh damn, you have a, <laughs> damn good time total surprise baller fuck so yeah this movie christmas evil it fucks yeah wow an unequivocal fuck from justin all right sounds good hydraberg does this movie fuck or suck yeah this movie fucks like a naughty boy like a naughty (laughs) naughty boy goodness yeah justin's right this movie's got uh it's got mom and dad issues and those are the types of fucks that are always pretty good so that was a little uncomfortable. All right. John. <laughs> this movie totally fucks. I mean, it, again, it's just the character of Harry and we'll get more into it. But man, is it the more I watch this guy is like this is like some of the most brilliant acting I've ever seen because there are a lot of problems with this movie. But the main character of Harry. Yeah, he makes the movie. So this movie fucks. How about you, Jacqueline? I'm going to jump on the bandwagon with the rest of you guys and say that it fucks. Um, I do think it has some problems with it. There's, I feel like it could be better and I think it could fuck harder, Mm. but um, this was my first viewing of it. So I feel like I'm definitely going to rewatch it in the years to come. And I think I'll probably come to appreciate it more and more, but for an initial watch, I was surprised at how good it fucked. Oh, Surprise lay, yeah. yeah it's my second time. Watching. I didn't think I was going to get any, and then what do you know? And then it was right yeah. under the mistletoe, right there. <laughs> you didn't even have to settle either. You know, you're like, oh damn, <laughs> I'll go back for seconds on this one. <laughs> Give All me right, five well, minutes. <laughs> goodness. 
All right. Well, before we start spoiling shit left and right here, John, you want to drop that spoiler warning? Yes. Spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about uh, Christmas Evil. Or if you've seen it on Shudder, it's called uh, You Better Watch It Out from 19. Yeah. In its entirety, if you have not seen this movie, make sure you pause the podcast. Go back and watch it and then come out what we thought about it. And then Jacqueline, I'm going to give it to you to throw it to our favorite segment of the show. Oh, I, I think we've all been waiting for it. Hydraberg, I cannot wait for this reach around. The, the beginning of the show is so sexual. Sorry, Soju. Mm. It is. <laughs> oh, you don't have to foreplay right to away. <laughs> reach arounds and surprise fucks and who Ready knows what to else. Go. <laughs> right. First time fucks. All right. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, except for Mose Garcia with his penthouse. So to be so be good this year or you're in for some trouble. A bag full of dirt dug up from his shovel. He's checking his list and he's checking it twice. And if you've been naughty, he's going to slice your neck wide open like Christmas gifts, gifts that beg to be opened. Frank's wife still struggles with coping because he was a bad seed and Harry handled him indeed. No reindeer, but a van is his steed. He carries out the deeds on Christmas Eve of figuring out how he should weed. Out the good and the bad throughout the night. The naughty ones, he fills them with frights. But if you've been good, he gives you delights. His van in midair bathed in moonlight. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Nice. Nice. Well done, buddy. What a great <laughs> segment. Oh. Poetry. Thank you. Poetry. I'm a little nervous. I didn't know that soldier was going to be on. The <laughs> oh. I got like mentally prepared. A little performance anxiety. Yeah. Hydraberg, yeah. I gotta ask, did you did you write poetry before this cast or did this cast inspire not, you? Okay. I have not, but I, like I've written some rhymes here and there, like not like music like you do, but uh, just like fucking around, you know what I mean, with friends that like, you know, yeah. hip hop and stuff like that. You do a great job every Thank week you. of a new poem. Man, that's great stuff. Yeah. And Agreed. and he just kind of started doing that i mean that it just yeah, happened sort of like into this segment. we didn't like decide to do it or say that this is what we should do it just kind of magically happened so uh, we actually Weaver's review uh when we did that one i had a little rhyming in it and that like sort of hit you guys started laughing about it and it was like, fucking hilarious so did you, did you yeah. hear that one from yeah beavers yeah oh my yeah. god so then i just started i don't know i just started like trying to make little rhymes about it and it seems to be perfect so. every week i look forward to it <laughs> we all do we all do everybody Thank that you. listens to this wants to hear the reach around so um yeah so this uh movie starts out with a mom getting eaten out by her husband true <laughs> i like i mean yeah it wasn't that super explicit it looked kind of more like nuzzling like yeah it was like yeah he was like nuzzling the cooch yeah <laughs> um Just before he teased. ate that what did he eat like what did that guy eat before that what was that that thing they left out for him was like bread and cream cheese or some kind of spread. That's like a mm. white little brick. I don't know. I just assumed it was cookies. Really? I assumed well, it was so, cookies too, but I, he washed know. his hands. He washed yeah. his hands in this water yeah, and then uh -huh. like, like did that. It was 1947. So this is Christmas. <laughs> came down the chimney the too, which is like, yeah, that was a huge chimney, by the way. He was like the skinniest Santa ever. I don't know how the <laughs> fuck he got through that chimney. Which I mean, that was like some serious commitment just to create an illusion for your kids to like actually Absolutely. stuff your ass down the chimney. I mean, well, the fact that he got up there so fast was amazing. 
and then they that bring was a- more of a thing back then too i think yeah. people like really did that um, no really back in the day dressing up for your kids and stuff i see it in a ton of older stuff and maybe well, that- it was just the media of the time but i mean it, it played they played it up a lot if they didn't actually do it no, I mean the, I the dressing fun. up for the for the family I get, but like the actually going down the chimney. Oh, I've never chimney. heard of that ever. <laughs> what movie is there a joke where the guy died in the chimney? Was that Gremlins or something? Oh yeah, that, yeah. Phoebe Cage shared that story about her dad trying to her dad. Yeah, he he died oh, trying that's to do right. that. Right. I was yeah. like, I feel like that was some creepy short story, but yeah, that's that's her like trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot mm-hmm. about and, that. It, oh and they brought it back later in the movie because <laughs> Harry tries Christmas to go down the chimney one. and he just like yeah. squeezes his gut in and is like, no, nope, I'm not fitting down here, so I'll yeah. back down the ladder. <laughs> Gremlin spoilers. Oh, <laughs> oh god, we spoiled a forty year old movie. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's gonna Probably. be mad at us. <laughs> I like that the intro of this kind of plays like a TV special. And yeah. and they bring that that kind of theme. It's not consistent throughout and I like how it almost ties into the psyche of the like main character, but to start it off that way with that feeling, I think is pretty brilliant and that's actually one of my favorite elements about this movie because it feels so different than what you would get from a horror movie, you know, where it's trying to be like this. T- it's trying to take all the elements of Christmas that people know and love and expect and then makes them really dark and practical and grounded in a way. And but and, and so it dips in and out of that, like ethereal kind of, you know, the soft music playing and oh, magical Christmas and <laughs> stuff like that. I, I love that about it. It's it's one of the things that makes it just like so different to me. Well, I'm going to I'm going to echo on that, too, because of the voiceover at the very beginning was the twas the night before Christmas, which was you know, it really added to the ambiance or the aesthetic of it being Christmas time, whether it's on the East coast or the Midwest, um, that it was like, you know, this felt like a holiday family movie that you'd see on lifetime back in 1980, because you have the two kids sitting on the, on the steps with Mm -hmm. the mom and, Oh, you see Santa Claus and they, one of the kids giggles and I think it was, uh, Billy does the nose thing. Yeah. Yeah. and, And he looks at him and just, Goes back up and you're like, yeah, this is not a horror movie until five minutes later. <laughs> it like shows the magic of Christmas and what it's like to a child almost, you know? Yeah, it has a very right. old fashioned, charming pastiche, um, which I think is also captured by A Christmas Story. The one with Ralphie, you know, oh, yeah. like it kind of takes you back in time out, a little bit. What's that? I said, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it has a very specific aesthetic that I think is very charming. And uh, and like you said, guys, uh, it sets it apart. It kind but then, of, yeah. It kind, oh, even the intro. I feel like the kids sing his parents. As an adult, it's even though we said you know like oh he's eating her out or what he really is just kind of nuzzling her, and it's this almost innocent, cute kind of couple thing you know you got kids mom's watching while the dad dressed up Santa Claus like that's sweet that's nice and to have to have them have this little kind of moment together is actually kind of nice but it also 
makes some kind of sense why this kid would kind of break in that way or it, it makes it darker i don't know there's something about being an adult and be like there's nothing wrong with this it wasn't even explicit it wasn't crazy but to know that it's this seed that is embedded in this kid who then becomes this very disturbed man um somehow makes it even more disturbing in a real sense and I, I think to add to that is that the innocence, and again, I, you're right, because it didn't portray it as as gross or, or, or exploitative. The thing was, is that he was obsessed with Santa Claus. He was obsessed with uh, the nice and the naughty list. Like throughout the movie, he, 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 that's what he was obsessed with. And that, that was what was in his mind. And, you know, going later into the movie, this asshole is like sitting up there with binoculars looking at these kids through uh apartment buildings and going there's little susie oh yeah. my little sweetheart oh yeah <laughs> and there's moss Not creepy at all Jeff. that little asshole he's naughty yeah and it's just like how creepy can you get but but he took the essence of what santa claus was i guess you know naughty and nice yeah. and it, the dude was writing down everything that they did. He had books and books of, 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 you know, what Santa Claus would do, or as kids, what we thought Santa Claus would do, you know, I lied to my parents today. I'd be on the naughty list for doing that. Now mm-hmm. going back to Christmas night, do you really feel that like that's, I don't know, seeing Santa with your mom, you think that's a big enough mishap to like cause a psychotic break in a child to become like the man he is years later. Yeah. I, I sort think- of question that too. Hydroberg. I, I, wish- I get, where you're coming from with that question. And I, and I sort of wondered about that too. I wish but... we saw more of his upbringing a little bit to, you know, fill that out a little bit. Maybe so. I, I think it's, it's, I think it's different from if he had just seen his parents, like getting it on, you know, just mm-hmm. like his dad and his mom and not thinking it was Santa. I think it's more about like the breaking of a very like strongly held illusion that, that a child has. And then also, I think it's sort of a seedling of this obsession with morality that yeah. he develops and it kind of becomes his impetus for everything he does as an adult where he kind of appoints himself as this like judge jury and executioner of yeah. what he considers to be moral failings. And so it's not that extreme of an event that he witnesses in between his parents. Uh, and as Soju said, it's, it's like sort of romantic, like, you know, if you're seeing it from the adults point of view, it's like yeah. a little, almost a little like kind of sexy, you know, in a, romantic way but yeah but it's not it's not what santa is supposed to do true and so it's like a it's like a real subversion of um some very like i think deeply entrenched expectations and so i i questioned it but i but i think to a child i can i can i I can buy that i just feel like now spoilers we all know that santa isn't real sorry (gasps) What? Oh, what? Yes. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm there was always there was a moment that we all had as children when we found that out, whether someone told us on the playground and we fucking kicked and screamed and lied, you know, no, no. <laughs> but I'm just I feel like there's more to it. His upbringing that we didn't see that maybe could have caused this break. I feel like it it could be. I like how they tied it in this moment, though, too, because there's a couple of things going on here psychologically that I think the movie does very well in making this character very interesting and very disturbing. And it's, there's, 
the element of sexuality is there, but it's never explicit, almost in the same way that they do the first scene where the, it's the dad and the mom. But so when he's on top of the binoculars, the things he says, he says, like, uh, where are my little darlings? And at one point it shows him getting out of bed and he has a picture of Susie next to his bed or on his desk. Some He has a picture yeah, of this little girl that is not his daughter. And he says something really weird, like, look at that. Or, oh, wait, her dress. Oh, Susie, dress. look at your beautiful dress. And so throughout the movie, there's moments where you're like, that's not okay. And obviously it's tied you know, you've seen he's had some sexual trauma psychologically mm. in that moment, but it's also tied in, like you said, with the morality where he's almost in this state of arrested development where he he hasn't gone past the point of the morality of Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how basic his state of morality is. So it's like he's stuck but also he's grown into this man and his his basic simple mentality of morality is also tied to this sexual element which we see like kind of pop up and so i think that's really interesting it makes this character very very troubled well i i, I thought I, I thought like to add to your point is that point where he, where he puts on the 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 glue on his face and mm. he puts the beard on his face and he's he can't take it off, and he's like almost crying but laughing, and he goes, "It's me, it's me." Yeah, and that it. that was like 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 his his character arc right there. Transformation. Like, I'm yeah. Santa Claus now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have a weird observation. So this is a little off topic, but did anybody else think that this had a lot of weird similarities to the Disney movie, a San- the Santa Claus? With Tim Allen, you know, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen Speaking of Tim Allen, though, did you notice Moses' mom is played by Jill? That's Jill, Jill yep. Taylor. From, from mm-hmm. Really, from I didn't yeah. notice a that. Oh my Jill. god! <laughs> I yeah, wish so... I, I wish I had the Tim Allen bump. You guys, I you guys did. Old, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I actually, the movie I associated this with um, w- was not a Christmas movie at all. Was Henry of a Portrait serial killer? Uh, mm, yes. Henry Portrait of a serial killer. Yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw that totally right. Henry Portrait of a serial killer. Um, they really, I, I noticed yeah. it particularly so, yeah. on this watch. Maniac I don't, I don't think I noticed it before, but this time I was like, oh God, it's kind of like that. And like John, you said that moment where he's putting on the glue it kind of in a way had some joker vibes to me as well like this it's like the mask is the real me or it allows me to let out what i've been hiding because i have to fit in society and we see that kind of pop up when he he's just like talking down to his his peers about toys yeah you, you yeah. don't know what it's like to make a good toy it's like dude what the fuck are you talking when, about when he's in the mirror and he's like wearing the suit in front of him and he's like pointing at it. I got real like taxi driver vibes too. Mm, yeah. And another movie where someone you you watch a psychotic break over time, like a yeah. transformation. There were, there, there were two really power or two really good scenes for me. And it, again, you know, watch, watching this multiple times were really great for me is when he first wakes up, it seems innocent enough because he's, you know, Holly Jolly Christmas is playing for his alarm or whatever it is. And he's wearing a Santa Claus pajamas or whatever. But the, the thing hat. was, when they when they scanned around, he's got these dolls. I mean, just these dolls like sporadically 
thrown around. He's got a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back around. And then you see all like this, I guess, a collage of Santa Claus. And then you're like, yeah, something wrong here. But there was another scene where he's at work before he goes to the Christmas party and he smiles and he puts his hand down his face and then he frowns like like he's got the most serious face you would ever see. And it was like this guy is a really, really good actor. And he just added to the part of like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with this guy. But, man, I like him. I'm, I'm, I'm like drawn to him because some of the things he does make sense, maybe a little bit because, yeah. you know, he's protecting the innocence of the kids. And I guess we'll get more into that. But that th- those are the two scenes that really kind of like. I looked at it and I go, wow. You know, him being the creeper with the binoculars was like creeper. But speaking of that scene, I thought it was a little funny that of all the kids that were naughty, it was like probably the Puerto Rican kid that was like <laughs> the naughty one, like Moss. looking at Penthouse as if that's like, you know, young kids look at Penthouse, but that causes him to like rush home and put him in the naughty list. And he had, you've seen he had naughty lists from like several years back going oh, yeah. on. Yeah, and there was another moment, too, where I was like, this is some weird sexual stuff. But I like how this movie keeps it kind of like down low a little bit. So next to Moss Garcia, it says impure thoughts Mm -hmm. and negative Negative body hygiene. hygiene. So I'm like, what? Because he picks his nose. (laughs) Also, it said like doing graffiti. So dogs. Uh, yeah, they're just I liked reading the little notes that you could yeah. kind of just pick up real quick on the naughty list because yeah. it kind of give it gives even more like what is it? What is like this guy insight. looking at? What is he doing? Well, so you sexual transgressions seem to be the like the biggest deal to him. Yeah. And I, I imagine that that's probably going back to that initial event that he witnessed that seemed to like really shock his system. Um, But John, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about and just kind of add on to that by saying, I think that's probably the biggest strength of this movie is the complexity of the main character, because when you when you are starting to get to know him as an adult, I think that in in some ways he's really likable, like he seems like a decent guy when he's out and about in the world and he seems to genuinely want to do good things Um, like and the, the thing that really triggers him into his homicidal descent is finding out that they don't really care like the people at his company don't really care about the kids at the orphanage yeah it's really just like a pr thing and that really seems to like get to him the most and that kind of causes this like break but um and so like you feel like at heart he's a, a decent guy and to an extent i was really kind of rooting for him and like i mean i i was following him and identifying him throughout this story like you know i i wanted him to be like okay but on the other side of it as everybody's pointed out, there's some really disturbing behavior happening (laughs) here that is not okay. And there's something really wrong with this person. And so it's, you can't totally root for him, but he's not like a total piece of shit. There's, there's a lot going on. It's really a mixed bag. And so it's, it's hard to know how to feel about him, but he seems like really human. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's really the, the greatest strength of this movie is because I care about what he does and I care about what happens to him. Yeah, I, I wrote down like I feel like in a perfect world, like Harry, he is an honorable man and he would have done good in the world. But you get the feeling like he's always been a loner and he's never really had a true friend or like romance in his life. Like, obviously, he has those those, uh, you know, setbacks or whatever with his issues with emotions I, and sexual. Yeah. I, and I didn't get that with the character because, I mean, there was a there was also a scene kind of at the beginning 
where he's at the toy factory, the jo- Jolly, whatever it's called. And he is having this conversation with his coworkers of like toys are not made the same way and with care. And, you know, have you ever seen the joy on your kid's face when they get that ultimate toy that they want? You know, and, and there is a certain innocence to this guy, but he's also the biggest creeper because he does bring up, you know, Su- little Susie's uh, dress and it's just creepy. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And, and because he's having a conversation with the kids and he says, you look really nice, Susie. Like, like as he's walking down with his groceries, you know, like, yeah. Ooh. When they're like, what did you wish for? And he's like, I wish I was super magical. Yeah. I wish I had a Moses. lifetime subscription of, Moses, yeah. of, of, of a penthouse. Awesome. <laughs> to, be awesome. to be honest with you, though, I don't think that there was anything lecherous or lascivious in those sorts of comments. Like, when But he's like, he only like had a picture I- of her. And, and I he's know, like, and I he know. He's Santa, so like in his mind, like that's okay. Like but, it never no, became, no, it never seems sexual to me. He like, gets, yeah, up, he gets off the naughty list. He puts her picture down and is like, "You don't need to see this." And then it's not right, but yeah, I think yeah. to me, it's it's kind of like what Soju said that it seems like arrested development. That I think on the inside, this person is really kind of childlike. Yeah, and has a childlike understanding of like it's he's very black and white about sex. There's no like very nuance or mature understanding about it, and yeah, very naive. And so, um, I kind of viewed him as like a man child almost. Mm-hmm. Like I, when he spies I, on his brother. I like Jacqueline's point of view, and I think it ties into something that's been brought up at least on our podcast a lot, and it's important in horror and sometimes like thriller movies. But I want to touch on it a little bit where why why you feel bad for him. And actually, I think the movie does that on purpose and does it in a very great artistic kind of way, because we have um, two characters and several instances where you do you want to naturally feel bad for him where his office worker tricks him and that's when he almost has the psychotic break which is a fantastic scene when he goes home and he's like humming and he's rocking back and forth on the on the couch that's amazing he did a fantastic job there and you naturally want to feel bad for him and then also his brother who is talking in private to his wife but you know we're this outside viewer but the way he's just like he's so pathetic and just his his like visceral reaction to just his brother being kind of lame is so strong that you almost naturally want to kind of defend him. But I think that's great because we are privy. Okay. So we, as an audience are still privy to the really fucked up things that we've seen him do already. And yet, despite this, we still have this natural inclination to be like, Oh no, no, no. It's like, I feel bad or no, he's in his, and like, that's what gets you fucking killed. <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah. politeness yeah, that, definitely. that needs, or like that almost wants to have people be good or to say like, he's doing good things. He's giving toys to kids. He's doing, it's like, no, that's the shit that in real life and in horror, like gets you killed that politeness and shit because, okay. Like we've seen, like even the people who pick on him and stuff don't even know the fucked up things he's doing. And we do But the, I think, that's brilliant of the movie though i think that's a natural reaction and i think that's they weave that in so fantastically because it's you're right you do you're like then that son of a bitch you know tricked him to work his shift or whatever but it's like this dude is spying on kids right but but, and and as as fucked up as that is 
out of all the people he kills, who's not like considered the antagonist of the movie? I mean, again, it's you have Frank, the guy that manipulated him into working his shift. And then he was at the bar drinking with his buddies. Oh, we're not going till tomorrow. And I got that moron to work for me. Um, you know, who else did he kill? That that guy goes, well, I have no idea how many kids are at this, you know, but we're just no, doing it as guy. a publicity. He didn't kill thing. that guy. Oh, okay. Well, no, he killed. He was, was there. I don't know if there. that's why he went there originally, but. Yeah, that was a weird that actually to I've been praising this movie a lot. That was one knock that I was watching for this time because I was like, why isn't he killing the people that in his mind almost drove him to this? I agree. But I think that I think the way they set up that kill was really, really kind of fun. With yeah, the, the, you know, the, the steel soldier with the to the eyeball and the hatchet and everything like that. Four people are laid out on the ground, which you don't yeah. know why, but that kind of that kind of smoothed that things over for me as far as why he just he was on a murderous rampage. There's the one lady who did well, anything. Well, and there. they they were also very bougie about everything. It was like, yeah, okay, was Shanna, bad. well, I just want all these nice things, so you need to understand, you know, whatever. And the thing about that promotion that he was so mad about wasn't just like that they were giving toys away, it was that they didn't figure out which kids deserve the toys. Right. That's what he was mad about. Which is what, like and they said oh, I didn't it up pick real- up on that. Yeah, yeah he said to the I guy, he's like, the, you like, know the, the tune. You know yeah. the tune, but you're not singing it properly. Like, I didn't. Like, I, I didn't really like put together that whole. The, I know the tune, singing the notes, that and they don't weird. hear it's like it. He had a like, new Christmas. Carol I think I need to. I think I need to rewatch it again to put that. Knew. Yeah, I. I still don't understand that. I don't. Know. I thought. I thought that had to do with tied into his moments of when he did the the mask where he was smiled and frowned mm-hmm. or whatever, and then also his freak out of putting on the. Um, the beard and becoming Santa Claus going to get people to dance to his tune. Well, it almost was like, it's almost kind of like, you know, you, you march to the beat of your own drummer or whatever. It was like, he was saying like, I don't get everyone. Why doesn't everyone just live by these? It's almost easier in his mind there. It's naughty and nice. That's how it is. And so he's saying this guy, he's like you, uh, he's saying everybody else is stupid. Pretty much. It's like, you guys just don't even get it. It's all about naughty and nice and good toys. But this other guy, he's like, you actually know what the fuck's going on. But instead of being like me, the good guy and using it to give the good kids what they deserve, you're using it for profit to, to run the, that's how I took it at least. Yeah, basically. Okay. But it was very interesting and sorry to jump to the very end. I mean, he dies, but um, he's in his van, but that's his rape van. Oh, his, I know, dude, it just said free candy on the side. But I mean, it was just like, like, like when he did that jump, that the actor did such a great job that it was like that state of euphoria. Like he felt like he was Santa Claus. Yeah, but, several times in the van where you see him like get really excited like, and you hear, you hear like he's on a sleigh. On Dasher, on Dancer. Like the reindeer. And he's so into it. I love that because that's his psyche. And he is, you see that he himself is still trapped in a 60s Christmas sitcom. That is Mm -hmm. his psychosis. Like he's hearing himself drive reindeer off a cliff and thinks he's flying away. Like, well, I well, love that. That's so well, fucked up. That's I, like, it really is so fucked up. I, I as, as he's painting the rape band, there's this nice little mo- montage of him like 
repeating what every kid wants. So he, he he's saying what the kids want. You know, Billy wants a wants a he's toy soldier. Yeah, and he basically is putting it into his head. Oh, Packing it twice. It, it what's the yellow one or, or the orange one? You know, yeah. and I you know again, this guy's acting was spot yeah his on. transformation from like just troubled to plain psycho is really good. Mm-hmm. And then like the sense of dread that the film sets up and then the acting of uh, Brandon Maggart is just, it pervades it really well. Like you said, so you're like, it, I, like portrait of a serial killer. You just get that sense of like, just over time, he's just little things are ticking at him and ticking at him. And then he just yeah. eventually just snaps and goes along with it. Well, and I like how this movie, it could have easily just been a basic slasher a guy dresses as santa claus he goes kills people but the more i think i we cover it in 2018 i think i've watched it every year since then and every time i watch it i'm like whoever wrote this is fucking smart as shit because to me it's brilliantly like devilish it's uh, the the things that are lying underneath and the little trails that it leaves for you to pick up are so dark and twisted that i'm just like that's like i can't help but be like almost excited by how fucked up it is the score because, too yeah because the more i watch it i'm like man that's really dark. <laughs> like his psychos, like this man, he just can't even function. And I don't know. Have you guys, do you guys watch King of the Hill? Have you ever seen the Bill Dotrieve episode? Um, so there's this episode of King of the Hill and Bill Dotrieve is like the most pathetic character on the, he, his wife divorced him. He's alone and he's like sad. And chubby guy. His, yeah. Let his like body go. And he's in his whatever third. So he gets this thing where when he dresses like Santa Claus and people love him because it's Christmas. They come visit his house. He keeps doing it all year. So it's like <laughs> March and he's still wearing the Santa Claus outfit and, and trying to get kids to come to his house because it crazy. made him feel good. But it, I like stuff like that. And this makes me think of kind of the actual when it's Christmas, you're like, oh, it's Santa Claus. But in reality, if you break it down, kind of like this movie does, it puts the ideas of Christmas and Santa Claus in a very practical grounded sense. And when you do that, it's fucked up. Yeah. Like the idea of Santa Claus is always watching you and he's going to like come into your house and he's that's not chill. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I was thinking about that too, Justin, and how like this movie kind of reminded me that there's more to the Santa Claus myth than we typically think about in America. And I think that there's a darker version of that that I think was very popular um, in decades past. And I think, I don't know, maybe in Europe, but I think that there are versions of the Santa Claus story that is more like he's almost like a minion of God in a way that he's like a a very judgmental like identity that is out there that parents can use to frighten their children into good behavior. And it's not just Santa Claus rewards you if you're good. It doesn't just end there. It's like he's also capable of punishing you and he's willing to do it. He's the punisher. If you (laughs) misbehave. Yeah. And there's so there's like a, a, I think it's like, a paranoia that you kind of instill in children when you tell them that this person is watching you the whole year round wherever you are and whatever you do it's it's almost like a god figure but like the old testament kind of vengeful god kind of deal he did say that at that christmas party he went to and he's just like if you don't listen i'm bringing you something very bad next year (laughs) 
And I like love the that line. Looked, yeah, the parents looked at him like, what the fuck, Santa? What are you what are you saying? These and then I goes, ah, ah Merry Christmas. <laughs> I love it because it's one of those moments that like there's kind of a nice little pause there and it gives your imagination a minute to think about like, well, what horrible thing is he gonna bring me? Like what could <laughs> what could it be? And he doesn't say, but he just says, I'm gonna bring you something horrible. Yeah. yeah. And then he laughs. <laughs> it, it, it you see at the Christmas party, um, Mark Mar- uh, Marigolis, Margolis was in that uh, from Breaking Bad. He played Hector Sal- uh, Salamanca. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He yes. was one of the first guys yeah. that went out to see him. That's right. Yeah, he was yeah, the one yeah. that dragged him in. Like, Santa, you I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. Ever since watching Breaking Bad like five years ago, I see that guy everywhere. He's in like mm-hmm. everything. In I never noticed stuff. him He's before. But, but now I'm like, oh, it's Hector Salamanca <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. I like like the groundedness of that scene too, because even the reactions of people depend on kind of how drunk they are. And again, it kind of goes back to the idea of like, oh, it's Christmas. Here's this man dressed up like Santa Claus. We don't know. We pulled him off the street because they're kind of drunk and, you know, it's a Christmas party. But then when he talks to the kids, some people are just kind of like, ha, ha, ha. But then the moms who are like watching the kids and who are more sober, they're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like their faces kill it for me. I'm, they're like, wait, what? Is shit? I love it. Of him too. Well, I, I noticed with that too. Yeah, I noticed with the actor, uh, the guy that played Harry, it, the parents are all surrounding him, like like they're kind of going to gang gang up on him, like this is some weirdo dressed up as Santa Claus. But then all of a sudden, there's a there's a split between the parents and all these kids come up. So so, so the way that shot yeah. was was set up was brilliant because these kids came up and then the parents go, "Oh, it's just Santa uh-huh. Claus," and he was all joyful and dancing, and then and you then know. he's dancing with them, and you see like that good side to Harry too, like right. a normal side to him of how he could have been. Yeah, yeah. Also, you, you see the same when he gives the presents away at the uh, at the hospital earlier and before that scene, like yeah. the joy that he brings all those nurses and the doctors or whatever, like, hey, you know, give it to the kids. Ha ha ha. He kind of finds his mojo as Santa, too. And he's like, Merry Christmas. And that was so disturbing, though. That, like to me, what? that that scene was disturbing. It's endearing and disturbing at the same time. This movie because, has a way of doing both. Yeah, because he, he's trying to figure out the way to say it. He's like. Merry Christmas. Yeah, he's Merry like, Christmas. Started doubting himself, then it's a snow. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh. Well, that, that kind of goes back to my point. I was talking about with Jacqueline before, where where it's on this human nature, and even in society, where we're like, our instincts are almost telling us, like, this is not right. This man is in a rape band that's painted, like, mm-hmm. whatever. The guard even is like, what the fuck are you doing here at this hour? Like, every signal <laughs> is ever. like this is not good it's not okay this is not an okay person but but then also we kind of be like whoa he's bringing toys to sick kids right i mean he mm-hmm. come on you're just like being a negative nancy like he's it's like mm, no <laughs> like it's not okay it's too so you yeah. try to be like oh you know what you know it's christmas i'll, I'll let it yeah start. those kind of things again that's the shit that gets you killed <laughs> so Jude, to that point if i'm ever in a horror movie i'm definitely getting killed like instantly because i'm one of those be. people who's like afraid to speak up like if something's wrong i'm like oh it's okay and I'm, yeah. I'm definitely the optimist who tries to like make excuses for people so i'm i'm as good as dead basically. i want to go to the naughty kid moss moss garcia moss, moss garcia the dude 
goes out and like and, and by his apartment and then he takes a glob of mud or yeah, could that's be shit. Weird. I don't that's know. Gets weird. He puts it on his face and then he presses his face and his hands against the apartment building. What's with that? Was he marking the naughty kids' houses or Maybe. That was another borderline sexual thing where I was it like, was. they're not being like super explicit about it, but that's weird. And, and, and the we can't even explain it. <laughs> the kid is just playing with this little motorcycle guy in there and he's peeping at him. He jumps in, jumps in the bushes. His mom, semi abusive, by the way, because she slaps the shit out of him. Wow. Later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, like, like he does pick his nose, John. I mean, he deserves it. That's right. She slaps his- him for not getting in the car fast enough. He's right. like, or for, for saying that he saw somebody in the bushes. Like, <laughs> and he grabs him, and that was just like, whoa. I, know, that only, I mean, only, if, only jump scare in the movie. I forgot about that one. If that kid is bad, then like, I think we have a good insight as to like why he's so bad. If his mom like smacks the shit out of him if he's scared of something. Yeah, we didn't see his dad either. He's like, I just want to watch like a TV. Dead, He's like, yeah, what do you think like of your dead. dad? That's right. <laughs> so it's insinuated. <laughs> I'm a Moss defender around here because I, first of all, I don't think he was that bad of a kid, and second no, of all, I think if he, Penthouse magazine, even if he is, making I a think collage it, or something, so, something's going on in his home life that's you know setting this kid up. Yeah. True. Yeah. Oh, Moss. He, I don't. I don't get the dirt thing either i don't know why that was like why would you drive so far away to fill up dirt to take to mas garcia's house <laughs> like well i don't that i feel like that's a couple of moments where the movie almost loses me like it, it's 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 good like that's i kind of think that's the thing they i feel like they wanted to keep the creepiness you know subtle and not in your face and stuff but to not see like what happens to the naughty kids almost. And then to not get the moments where the people who he has the most hatred against don't really get their kind of come up or not, not in the way I guess I was expecting, but it, it feels like a little bit of missed opportunity, like at least show Moss Garcia opening the bag or yeah, I don't something. I feel That's like, true. I don't know that they, they missed the mark a little bit. on. Also that. whose house was he in when he switched the toys around? Like, he stole toys from some. He stole yeah, presents from someone's house he that he brought to the. Yeah, they didn't explain because they got, the he got right because he's like these are these are from someone who doesn't appreciate them or something That's like that. True. Well, no, it, it seemed to me that he just got rid of like the toys from his toy factory because there was oh, a okay. point he made that that were they were made so cheaply he brought his own because he was making his own little toy soldiers yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I going back to the Moss thing, I think it was, you know, the, watching it again. My interpretation of it was is that okay, you're a naughty kid, but you're still innocent. You can change your ways or whatever it is. So I'm going to leave a bag of dirt. But you're right. I, I, I think there could have been a possibility of him coming out. You know, what the fuck is the bag of dirt for? You know what? Oh, I was a bad kid or whatever. Or his parents yeah. finding it and being like, what the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. There was something in the dirt or I don't know. I don't know. I he, just... dug it, he dug it up after that Christmas party too. Like, he yeah, went yeah. Back from the yeah. factory. Yeah, he had gotten all the toys it. and then dug it up, and then, and then he got that, the dirt. Yeah, wasn't that the first place he went? Just put the dirt right. Yeah, in front and then of his later house. on, he goes back to the factory. That's where he like takes all the toys that suck. That was kind of a fun scene for me. Like when he was dressed up as Santa. Did you notice his beard got longer and stuff like that throughout the movie? It got I longer. Did. I didn't know. Maybe that's yeah. part really? of the transformation. I noticed it again. I like. I noticed it today when I watched. It. I was like, his beard got longer. And his mustache got longer because he was I noticed huh. he lost Perfect the eyebrows. Like- we saw him gluing on the eyebrows, Captain and then J. later mm-hmm. he doesn't have any white eyebrows on. They're just his regular eyebrows. 
Hmm. You want to talk about an eyebrow movie? We could talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night too. Uh, dude, it's all brow. <laughs> I li- I like how it just kind of gets dirtier and stuff too. Yeah, like yeah. It, it follows almost in real time. He wakes up in his van. He <laughs> tried to climb down an, a chimney Looks and just like couldn't. Yeah. yeah, I love that shit. Where <laughs> that he's was like, right. he's just like, like nope, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I'll climb back down. When he finds, he looks like a hobo that's like hungover. <laughs> With the well, parents, the one who pulls out the switchblade, they're like, "Look at his fur; it's like all dirty." And yeah, he says, "He says the one. He says that one of the kids is just like there's so much smog in there." I go, "So social hey, commentary so on the environment." There you go, mm-hmm. 1980. Even really, this line- is an environmental treatise. <laughs> so much pollution on the even the lineups of like all the Santa Clauses I like, just all these yeah. different Santas. <laughs> like they just That's hold the all the Santa Claus in. Yeah, That's, in the Santa That's Santa true. Santa. Yeah, it, it was the so one skinny old guy looked like the security guard. <laughs> It's like, you know how many toys I have to make to get like one of the tall Santa, like the real tall skinny Santa's like, you know how many toys I have to make right now? What am I doing here? I'm like, yes, that was awesome. It was fun. I want to go back to something Justin was talking about earlier with missed opportunities. And I I agree. Uh, I kind of had two main complaints about this movie. And one of them is that as a horror movie, I think it could have done a lot more. because going into this, again, this was totally new to me. I had never even heard of it, honestly, John, until you told us that that's what you were choosing. And so just like reading the little description on Shutter before starting, it's like a delusional man goes on a rampage, a killing rampage. And so I was expecting a killing rampage. But really, yeah. there are only two murder scenes in this movie. And as as you guys have pointed out, some of the people who enrage him the most or who like incur his wrath the most don't even get killed. And so I feel like there could have been more kills, more comeuppance for the characters that we are, that he believes are immoral because that's kind of the driving force behind his actions is this like adherence to the strict morality that he has. And you know, this, this was like a pivotal scene when he hears from the advertising guy or the marketing new executive guy uh about the the children's orphanage and like that definitely i think something definitely should have happened there and i just think that really could have played out more um and the, i wonder the- if that's why he went to the midnight mass was to take that guy out originally i thought that he was there he was there didn't he yeah, leave yeah. the party to go to that though where yeah the, that's like, how he knew was? about it right like i thought he knew about the midnight mass no okay so there was a party at one point but that was before he was santa claus that's where he's talking to the guy about the tune because he's still himself but then he goes to a christmas party where he's santa claus he leaves that to go to the midnight mass where the guy who he's talking about the tune situation is there he had already killed people before that midnight mass but yeah but that before that christmas party yeah but so i i thought like maybe he went there to kill that guy that's what i thought but I don't know. Hmm. I'm curious. I'll ask all you guys this. Uh, and Jacqueline, you bring up a good point that you thought it might be a slasher. I mean, is this a movie in 2021 that could use a reboot? Yes. That's one of my things that I wrote down. I found this movie is more of a character study than it is a slasher. Yeah. And I think that's why it's it's pleasantly surprising to me because we have silent night deadly night and to me i think that does a great job as a santa slasher it's kind of a similar thing where a guy has break and 
he tries to kill people as Santa Claus. So I, don't, I don't want that again. Um, I guess uh, like if they were going to re- do a reboot in that way, I guess a reboot. I don't know. It's just because like, it's a lot of the movies we mentioned, like taxi driver, Henry portrait of a serial killer, uh, you know, Joker. They're all just mm-hmm. these kind of very dark character studies yeah and like i don't know it could do a reboot but i don't know how much more horror element i would want in it from just like a slasher standpoint i don't know maybe maybe if it was like henry portrait of serial killer and he was like punishing the kids but Mm. that might be too or it might lose the subtleness that I kind of like a lot about how twisted this is because it also, I think it's, I think that commentary is important about to pointing out the ideas of Santa Claus, like drawing those correlations, how this man embodies Santa Claus and stuff like that. It's like, no, Santa Claus on his own outside of a slasher movie, outside of a horror movie is kind of disturbing when you think about it. I think that was a major point that this movie wanted to make. And so if it was more on the nose with the horror, it might lose some of that. So I don't know. I I, 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 I think they forth, could, I, guess. I think they could do a, a good reboot of it. But I think that Justin, you brought it up perfectly, is that you know, thinking about Santa Claus getting into people's houses is very disturbing. But there's a certain innocence that they held on to and they're they're very reverent about with the kids that they didn't get punished. You had no. dirt outside your outside of your uh, your house but these sick kids you know have these been good kids all year and they said of course they have and then they get all these kind of presents so there was certain reverence to that of holding on to what you think of santa because i'm going to be good all year i'm not going to lie to my parents i'm going to be home every time my mom says come home for dinner whatever it yeah. is well Instead at least toy maker make him like a teacher maybe and like mm. some of these kids are like his students maybe that's how he keeps an eye on them all year round well like to that point it at least sticks to his code i mean it it stays consistent with its own rules that it's set up this man is disturbed and he lives by the rules of santa claus he sticks to that so i mean you know it's got that at least i i would fear that if there were a reboot of this film that the complexity and subtlety that you were talking about might be lost i think they might go like because you're right i think I think maybe my problem was a problem of expectations. I was expecting a slasher because that's what it seemed like to me without having actually seen it. I was expecting a slasher. So maybe that was a problem with just my expectations. But I think I would worry that a reboot now would just be kind of like a balls to the wall slasher and that the main character would lose the the complexity and the complexity of feelings that we have about him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jacqueline, did you like better Christmas Evil or you better watch out? Because you did actually see the, the title screen, right? The title card, yeah. It said you bet. I was confused. I was like, am I watching the right movie? And so I backed up real quick. <laughs> I, I, I saw backed that up real too. quick to see if, yeah. to see if I, I like Christmas Evil as a title. I, well, I, I, I like you better watch out. I mean, to me, that, that sounds more Christmassy. Christmas it Evil sounds more menacing out. because it's an actual line from that yeah. song. It's like, you better true, watch that's out because he's fucking watching you with some binoculars. <laughs> you were talking about missteps. <laughs> Little Susie. I think Ooh. one of the major missteps, in my opinion, was um, I feel like I, I wish we got more of a glimpse in between into the, um, the complex relationship between Harry and his brother, Philip. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. you see Philip for a little while. They never, you never see them together mm-hmm. for a while. You don't see their because well, he keeps not showing up. Kids. I know, but it was just like 
I feel like there was way more to that relationship that we don't get. And like, I don't know when Philip calls his brother. I mean, when, when Harry calls his brother and he's not, you know, he doesn't show up and he tells him about the tune and how he's like figured out the tune. And he's, you know, Philip's like honestly distraught at that point. Like he does feel for his brother. He feels like something's wrong, you know, and I feel like there's something there the, the acting was good. You just never got a sense of their relationship. You never saw it enough that I feel like when when it happens in the end, you know, like <clears throat> Harry doesn't kill his brother, which is no. probably better for the story. I feel like he punches him and, and knocks him out. And Philip doesn't kill his brother either. He doesn't know what to do with him. He puts him in the van and then is destroyed. Like, I don't know what to do. And then that's when Harry wakes up. Well, he chases after him. And again, yeah. I agree with you 100 percent. I think I think like there, there was more a, there that they could. have. There, there were a bunch of scenes that they could have cut out. One of those yeah. being. Um, the mob, the what? The mob. Oh, the they didn't have any pitchforks. It wasn't. You mentioned a mob. it in your review on your podcast, and you're absolutely right. the The whole mob scene is just out of place. It doesn't. Yeah, it's stupid because they actually yeah. find him later. But they the thing torches. was, like, who fucking lights torches? <laughs> they literally <laughs> lit torches. Here's my idea: What if they had flashlights, a la like Neighborhood Watch, mm. and in Harry's mind? He was breaking. They had torches in his mind behind him. They're chasing him. He's distraught because his his psyche's all fucked up now. That and would I'm be like, a good idea. He yeah. sees torches, but they don't actually have them. But for yeah. the movie to show like people in the eighties to light torches all of a sudden out of the blue, like it just seemed out of the. Actually. It was it was so it was so ridiculous because it yeah. felt like a Frankenstein movie. But the thing was, is I agree with you, Hydroberg. I think the thing is, is they could taken that torch scene out. They could have taken the uh, the Harry Stalker scene, watching his brother and his wife have sex in their 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 childhood <laughs> house, and give you a little bit of a flashback. Maybe of where... Harry's brother chases him, and that's how he drives off the. Well, yeah, well, or give some sort of background of of how they they have a fractured relationship because the only argument you saw was right after they. Saw Santa Claus and it and uh, uh, Philip was like, no, that was Dad and he's, and Harry was like, no, that was Santa Claus and, and then yeah, why does Philip think that his brother's a failure? Like, what has led him to think Correct. so harshly yeah. of his brother? There was more yeah. to delve in that in relationship and to why Harry is the way he is too. I feel like there was a lot more that we could have seen between them. We didn't do good actors too. They could have totally delivered on that. I do wish we at least got one family event of them together i yeah, think like that, harry shows up and the kids see him more with the the costume on maybe i don't know or yeah i just feel like that was a good because we see how he interacts at work mm-hmm. and his kind of back and forth where he, he's preachy but then he gets like manipulated very easily but he knows it and he's just kind of a pushover which i i assume is kind of like how he is with this brother too because he just talks about how pathetic he is so i assume it's a very similar but it would have been nice to have that family interaction because those are the ones that are supposed yeah. to be closest to him that if anybody could pull him out of it or whatever could and that would have um, given it some more heart yeah i agree i think yeah i agree yeah, it was a missed opportunity. I feel like, or maybe maybe they filmed some stuff and just cut it out. Who knows? Could be. I don't know, but I definitely agree with you guys. It feels like Phil's attitude towards Harry is sort of unearned. Like we don't yeah, really don't have much why. to support to support it. So yeah. yeah, he's like, I carried him, you know, like stuff like that. Like he's like he said he's dealt with them and his psychological issues plenty of times, and we don't know that we haven't seen it. Well, it's telling us, not showing us. Yeah, so yeah. that's and not that's great storytelling. I but did. Hi- lo- 
I did love the actor's reaction to Santa Claus at the Thanksgiving Day, Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade, though. The way he turned up the volume and he's just like, he put his cereal to the side and he was was like, like, behind him. He's like, yes, like, I need to focus. Like, maybe he whacked off during that scene. Don't want to think about that. That would be immoral. (laughs) I think he would find that immoral. True. So, bad bodily hygiene or whatever he says. Kill himself. Um, Hyderberg, real quick, when you were mentioning about like maybe in his mind he could see it as torches, but in reality yeah. it's like flashlights. It kind of it kind of reminded me that one of the movies that I was thinking of, we were talking about comparisons, was the movie Maniac. Mm-hmm. Like I was yeah, reminded I of, of the Maniac main character also. in Maniac. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen both the original and the remake of that, but no, but I plan uh, to. Oh, so I good. Mean, I haven't seen the Elijah Wood one super yeah. like a really good remake really i've heard okay. good things about it yeah i would strongly recommend mm-hmm. yeah agreed uh, so yeah i was rem- i was reminded of that for sure now harry obviously he dies in the end right the, the, the van flies off uh, like a reindeer oh yeah he's dead and yeah. we're meant to believe that he, you know in his warped <laughs> yeah. mind he's santa at the time so he's taken off through the through the, the night sky which is a twisted yet like happy sort of ending for him you know, it's, it's the like, only him, possible ending for him. It's, yeah. it's sad and it's fucked up. But at the same time, in his mind, like he's he's peaked. You know what I mean? But, like, but that's that's man. the beautiful contradiction of yeah. what his brother Philip is saying and what he's experiencing, because he's experiencing yeah. euphoria. Yeah. Like he, he is Santa Claus and he's mm-hmm. flying off into the moon. He's and the brother's like, task. Harry, you know, it's <laughs> just yep. like. And then like the film, I like that the film ends the same way it started on a on a shot of the moon. Yeah, because if you notice the beginning pans into the house and we see the moon mm. and that's when we see the dad go through the chimney. Right. And then in the okay. end, we see the moon again and then we see Harry in the fucking van, the rape van flying towards the distance into the you know moonlight. And I do. I do like the way he slices Frank's throat with the star on that Christmas tree that happens to be in the room, too. So <laughs> he fun. also didn't really like sort of mean to. It was weird. Like he sort of does it and then realizes like, oh, shit, I didn't. Like I didn't mean his death to be that violent. Like he's and the wife, the that. wife did not hear the struggle at all. Silent scream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is the her. deepest sleeper. <laughs> I know. <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids are so excited still. In the, at that point, I Sorry. thought that was a, dick, a little bit of a missed opportunity too. Of the kids, or, I, or well, I don't know. Of I, I liked the kind of moment where the kids try to defend Santa Claus. Yeah. And yes. the moments where the kids see Santa Claus right after he's killed their father, I felt like that could have been like a little bit more impactful or just like a really moment where you're like, and oh, and then we shit. have Christmas Evil 2, those kids. Like if they would have hugged Santa, like run up and hug Santa Claus, and he still has like the bloody star in his hair. So it's just something to, to make you go, like, oh man, poor kid. Well, well the, the wife, <laughs> the wife did the most silent scream you would ever do. Yeah, She's what like, the hell was that? Did she have blind laryngitis during that scene? <laughs> Or were we like supposed that? to think that we, the weight of the body on her chest was preventing that's, her voice from? That's also, what I thought. Blood. There wasn't enough blood for me. Like, yeah, yeah. just like a little bit of blood dribbled out. Like, come on, bro, give me some <laughs> Quentin Tarantino like spurts. Like, blah, blah, blah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know. I guess it wasn't supposed to be a slasher, but I, no. I, I would have appreciated a little more blood. And I gotta say. I don't think that was a very believable kill, like suffocating somebody with a bag of presents. Like nobody would suffocate like that. Yeah, but damn, that whole saying. scene was entertaining because he tries to go down the chimney. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm too." I like it. I'm he's a failure out. in that sense too. Like he's yeah. sort of like you know 
trying to kill somebody. He's not used to doing that. And he sort of fucked it up, you know? Yeah. Also, well, with, he, that, with the earlier kill, like I, I Jacqueline's right. I wish there was a little bit more embellishment with the gore because uh, maybe the budget wasn't that high because you see like the stab through the eye, but it's a quick cut to like a fake eye. Yeah. And then like you see the just the hatchet like a la psycho, just sort of like going back and forth. You don't actually ever see the this the hatchet hit the guy's head. And then you see dead bodies on the ground with like fake blood. And that's why I kind of like cut this movie some slack because I just I don't know. I actually don't know. I just assume it's super low budget. I had yeah, never I even so. heard of it until we covered it. And so I was like, man, under that assumption, uh, you know, they did a lot with a little. They got this actor who fucking kills it. They got some writer who knows what the fuck he's doing or that, you know, like. So I was like, ah, hey, you know, but. I don't actually know that it could have been a regular budget. I just assume that, but I don't know. It, it yeah. felt low budget. And like, for me, it, it, it was like, I, I, that's what I like about horror movies is that it leaves it to your imagination because it could be an off screen kill, but your, um, your imagination uses that. And, and Justin, before you came on or before we started this, we were talking about last night in Soho. They do a brilliant job with that, that your mind imagines something that's not necessarily happening. But then it, it your, your mind fills it in on its own until you're shown it. But again, you know, like with any good horror movie or thriller is that your mind goes somewhere else, even though maybe that's not what's happening. That's my. You need good storytelling to sort of lead you in that that way, though. True. Which last night in Soho really has. This movie does. I haven't have seen it yet. So I don't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Are you I, I was talking before you guys got on. Now. I was saying like I need to watch it before oh, top ten or whatever. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you really I would do. Try to honestly, see it in a theater, Justin, before if you, you, if you can see it in a theater. I saw it at um, I saw it at the Avenues Regal. So I don't know if it's still there. It's but... tough to see in theaters okay. right now. It's in like smaller venues still a little bit. Okay. Like there's one in like Union Square in fucking Manhattan, but well, we there's don't nothing live in else. New York. Like... No, I'm just saying as far as like <laughs> I'm driving like in, in New York that has it is what I'm <laughs> maybe telling it's you. A yeah. tin- maybe it's still at Tinseltown. I don't know. But... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If there's an equivalent of that in Florida. Hollywood. Oh, wait, you guys aren't on the West Coast. Not- no, we're not in California. How you totally Hollywood, kill us Florida every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's a real place. I've been there. It sucks. <laughs> so does the Hollywood, California. By the way, the weather's been really good over here, bro. Yesterday, I wore a t shirt outside in New York. Weird. Oh. Yeah. Fucking. It's been pretty pleasant in Florida. It was warm. I was hot yeah. as hell today. Global warming is awesome. Mm. Yeah, I still and I thought it was going to be cold. I had everybody in jackets and then we had to all lose the jackets. So I wore a sweater, but I, it gets to a point where I'm like, I'm like, I'm wearing a sweater. It's one. It, it's I'm no wearing a hoodie. It's winter. You if are a sweater sweat, guy. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. are a sweater guy. If, it, if I sweat, guy, it's Florida. What are you going to do? Yeah, it snowed <laughs> in San Diego. Okay. No, it did not. No, no. It before. <laughs> all right. Well, do ago. you guys have any other major points that you want to make before we give our no. ratings on this thing? Oh, all right. I covered most of my notes. Yeah. Okay. Me too. All right. Well, John, since this was your pick, why don't you go ahead and start with your with your rating? Uh, this is not a perfect movie, but I think this is a must watch for any holiday horror movie fan. Um, seriously, it, it like to me, it's it's just one of those ones I will watch every single Christmas time, you know, or or yeah, during a holiday season. Um, the actor that played Harry 
is some of the best acting I'll see in any 80s movie, maybe even like to, to now, just like his descent into madness was so much fun to watch. But then he he has a moral code to him, which was fantastic. Um, you know, there are a lot of things off screen psychologically that I really, really enjoyed. The more I watch this movie, the more I enjoy it. But I'm going to I'm going to let everybody else because we, we do have uh, Soju on as our special guest. So I'm going to give this uh, eight out of ten. Toy Soldier Swords to the Eye. Eight out of ten. Toy. Wait, what is it? (laughs) Toy. Toy toy Soldier Swords to the Eye. Can you say that three times fast, John? I will not. No. Toy Soldier Swords to the Eye. That's tough. Toy Soldier Swords to the Eye. Toy Soldier Swords to the Eye. I'll just say Toy Soldier Swords to the Eye. (laughs) All right. Justin, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, man, I, even in this conversation, I kind of kept going back and forth because at first I, you know, there's something about this movie that even when I watched it, I was like, there's like, there's a couple things I could be like, oh, they could tweak this and it would maybe make it a better film. But when I, so it's not, it can't be perfect. But then when I talk about it, I get so excited, like, Oh yeah, this is like so good for, I, I think too, the first time I watched it, like you, Jack, I I didn't know anything about it. 2018, never even heard of it. And I think I was prepared to watch a shitty kind of B movie slasher around Christmas time. And I was just, yeah, fucking a Bob movie. And instead I got a me movie and I was like, Oh, this is so like subtly dark and this dude's so creepy and shit. But, and so I get excited talking about it, but then there is this come down where it's like, yeah, you know, they should have done something with the kids, at least Moss Garcia. And why is he not killing these people and stuff like that? So, I almost like went to 10 today getting excited talking about this movie, but we did bring it back down. I know I just um, it's, it's not perfect, um, but it's damn good. And especially for what I assume like the time and the budget was. Um, And so I'm going to give it as close as I can with that, with while still like acknowledging that it's got some problems or just, it could have, it could have been maybe a 10. Um, so I'll give it an eight toy soldier swords to the eye as well. Did I get it right? You got it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to go with Jacqueline next. She always goes last Jacqueline. All right. Jacqueline. About the movie? All right. Well, I will say that just talking to you guys about it has made me appreciate it a little more just in the course of the past hour and a half. Um, I, I just I I think that the more I watch this movie, you know, in, in Christmas is to come, I think that I will appreciate it more and more. But even so, my appreciation has increased just in the past you know hour and a half. I I agree with everything you guys said about the like the spectacular portrayal by this actor who played Harry. And I think that he really carries the movie. I think if his performance had been a little bit off or if he hadn't been so, if he'd been more kind of two dimensional, I think this movie would not have worked at all. Um, I love movies about a descent into madness. I mean, horror or otherwise. So Black Swan or Pie or even Shine or, I mean, there's just so many. Um, I, I love a story about a descent into madness. I love the aesthetic of this movie. Um, I like the 80s feel to it, but it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel low quality. 
Um, and the, the budget was something like 850,000. So it is, it is a low budget movie, but it's not a micro budget. Um, but I think it, it uses its dollars wisely in terms of how it looks and how it sounds and the acting talent and somebody wrote it really well. I think the director was also the writer of the screenplay. Louis Jackson. Um, Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, And like John said, I think, you know, he has a moral purpose. And so this character is like, you know, it's a weird thing to, to feel pathos for somebody, but at the same time, acknowledge that they're doing some really fucked up shit. And that creates sort of a little tempest inside of me that I sort of enjoy as a viewer. And so, yeah, it makes you um, think. Yeah. And, you know, I like that complexity. It's not, it's not a cardboard cutout of a character. And so um, it's, it's easy to identify with that and and care about it. Uh, As I said before, I think that I wish that there had been a little bit more of like horror elements to this. I would have appreciated a little more gore. I would have appreciated more kills. Mm -hmm. I mean, if for no other, yeah, for entertainment purposes, but also just to carry out this code that he's adhering to, you know, he's punishing people for what he sees as transgressions. And there are people committing major transgressions in his eyes that get no comeuppance whatsoever. And I think we could have seen more of that as well as like you guys said, we should see the kids getting some fucked up shit in their stockings. Like, I don't, I don't know what, like, I don't want them to kill any kids. Like, I don't, I don't want to see kid killing, but, um, but I want to see like a, I don't know, like a dead dog eyeball or something in somebody's stocking. I don't know. Like, I don't know where that came from, but uh so and the, my other problem that i that i didn't really touch on is i think that there are some pacing problems with this movie um to be honest with you there were some times that i kind of caught myself checking out a little bit because i i think there are these stretches of time where he's kind of just like wandering around and not really doing anything and so as a result of that i kind of found myself checking out and there were as a result there were some details that i sort of forgot or didn't notice like um I don't like the putting the dirt in the, I just like kind of, that just went over my head, like collecting dirt in the bag and driving out somewhere to get it. Um, just little things you guys mentioned that I was like, Oh, I must've been, <laughs> I must've been somewhere else. It's <laughs> a very forgettable scene. He literally just goes, digs up dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. He's like by up, the water side. Yeah. By the river. Yeah. Or yeah put, so putting, just, up, putting up avocado trees. That's what he's doing. Yeah. So it's just stretches of time where I feel like nothing's really happening and I, and I zoned out. And so I think there, the pacing could have been tightened up a little bit. Um, let's see. That's, I think that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the negative side of what I had to say. So I think that overall, like I said, this, this movie fucks, it's definitely on the positive side. I'm going to come down at a 6.5 toy soldier swords to the eye. Is that right? That's right. Close enough. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just kidding. She got it right enough. Oh, John, you hurt your hand. Like. I did. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was your sleeve. What's going on there? Oh, I pulled the tendon at the gym. Sorry. Huh. Ow. Yeah. Damn, Sorry. that sucks. My bad. I'm fine, though. I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. Hyderberg, what's your rating? All right. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. My review, uh, I'm going to go over some pros. I feel like this movie has a great sense of dread. Um, The character of Harry is interesting. I feel like he's a little mishandled. Just in a sense, like, I I want more of him, more about him. You know, I want to I want to learn more about Harry because he's so interesting. You know what I mean? 
he's a very interesting character and I would, he's complex and I would just like to see a little bit more about his backstory and stuff. I really like the score. I feel like it sets a good tone for the film, especially when Harry starts to break. There's little, little, little things that the score does with like little trippy noises and stuff and Christmas things. And it, it plays on things that makes you know that like, all right, this guy's going through some shit and like, he's not viewing the world in a normal lens like the rest of us, you know? Um, I like that. It's more of a character study study than a slasher. Like you said, Jacqueline, you, you expected more of a slasher and being the second time viewing this, I know that it's not. Um, I just, I, I find that very interesting. You know, the character study, like we mentioned movies like Taxi Driver and Joker and um, Henry Portrait of Serial Killer. And I think that this film stands up with them in a, in a, in a way that like, I feel like it's right, like you said, John, for a remake. Like if they possibly, I would think make a remake and make it in this time frame still though. Don't make it modern. Maybe keep it in the 80s or something like that or 70s or something. Um, I just feel like, yeah, it's just like, there's a, it's a good character study. I really like watching his descent into madness slowly over time. I just wish I knew more of what drove him to that descent. Um, as far as cons, like, like I said, going into the, like his backstory, I just wish I had more of his character and what makes him tick. And like, we get to see him as a kid and then boom, present day. And like, what happened in between? Like what, what's going on with his relationship between his brother? You know, it's a very dynamic relationship, but we don't know what makes it so dynamic. You know, you never really see that. What, what is it like that Harry's done over the years? Yeah, like exactly. Did he go like, to school what, in a Santa? What outfit? did he do? Did he did he act out in other ways at times in his life that has shown that like Harry, you know, uh, Philip like can't trust him or has to clean up his messes? Like what else has happened? Yeah, what's I don't know. I just Easter. wish we got. I, I just yeah. What other? <laughs> otherwise, like he he lives as Santa, but you can't live as Santa all year round. So what the fuck have you been doing all this time? <laughs> Maybe he can. How about Maybe this? How about this question? How about this question? How did Philip get the house and Harry didn't? Exactly. That's the house that he grew up in, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes back to that house to look on. I didn't even pick Phillip. up on that. Yeah, are you sure that was the same, the same house? house? It is. They show it. Ooh, well, then I'm sure the parents are it, like... They show a scan like of the old house uh, and then the new house. And it's the same I house. Like, like, that vision. totally has always flown yes. over my head, huh? Well, then yeah. I'm sure the parents were like, we're not leaving our house to this to, wacko. <laughs> to Harry, who's still playing with fucking toy soldiers. To, to Hydroberg's point, continue. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I just wish I knew it was, like, what caused the strain on their relationship. The film never shows us that, you know? And, like, they're both strong characters. Like, both actors were really good. We only see Philip for a little while, but he's really good in his scenes. And just, and he's a good actor. I've seen him in way other things. A lot of other things. Um, There's a little melodramatic in this one, but, yeah, you're right. All right. Well, we just don't know, like, he feels like he's he's cleaned up after his brother or he's carried his brother throughout the years. And it's, it's put a strain on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just don't never we never get to see them in the same room together, really, long enough to see that dynamic play out. Um, and I feel like it's 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 lacking a little bit of the emotional depth that it could have had because of those scenes. If we had more of those scenes, you know, because it is a character study and not so much of a horror slasher that I feel like we could have lent into those scenes a little bit more leaned into them. Mm -hmm. Um the angry mob, John, is just so out of place and it makes the film seem silly in the end, unfortunately. And it just feels like they ended up rushing the ending 
Like they threw that in just to get to the end. Like, how do we get this guy to drive off a fucking bridge? Oh, we'll have an angry mob fucking chase him. Like he was in the city. Next thing you know, he's on look, looks like a Long Island or Queens. Like, I don't know. It just seems out of place. Like, how did they fucking follow him on foot with torches? Like, come on, bro. Who lights torches in the middle of the city? I'm from New York and I don't have a fucking single torch in my house. <laughs> no, are torches I mean, the new trash bags? No, they're not. Like I've never I've lived in New York for 40 41 years. He got, away. He, got a, he got away from the I have seen people get went ready to his to brother's house stuff, and we pull out weapons of all sorts but not a fucking torch ever. Went to his brother's house and then he drove back and all of a sudden the mobs Yeah, and they're, they're like they followed him there. Like where did you follow? Come on, bro. I'm just saying, Hydroberg, you seem really mad about those torches, just like you're mad about the trash to, bag and terrifying. A little bit, like it just definitely, <laughs> it definitely got to me a little bit because it's just out of place. It just, it doesn't fit with the rest of the film, you know. Yeah, I would no, rather have Harry drove uh, off the bridge because Philip was chasing him. Like it would have been better with chasing him. Like Harry, come back, I want to talk to you. And Philip's like, no, I have stuff to do. I have kids to see, and he ends up driving <laughs> off the bridge by accident. Like maybe they were tiki torches. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Maybe they were just having, yeah, Bob would have liked that. They were just having like a little tiki. A tiki party. Tiki party or whatever. Anyway, I just feel like uh, those are some of the cons to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and with that said, I'm going to give Christmas Eve, well, I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 toy soldier swords to the eyeball. There, I said it. <laughs> Perfect. Good for you. All right. So overall, okay. good good review from all of us. Jacqueline, do we have any you uh, like this movie. trivia? Yeah, there's a little trivia. Um, I mean, nothing like earth shattering. Um, I think probably the most interesting trivia fact was that that's Jill Taylor, that Moss's mom is Jill Taylor. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was pretty good. (laughs) This movie's kind of heavy too. I don't know that I could put it into my like every year review, like Mm. cycle of Christmas movies. Oh, It's not as lighthearted as one might expect. I don't think I want to watch it with somebody next time though. Like maybe I'll let somebody see it for the first time or something and see what they think. That's a good, well, yeah. That's a yeah. good choice. I think that's a good idea. Um, John Waters loves this film and recommends it as his favorite Thanksgiving slash Christmas themed film. Mm-hmm. So that it's it's of higher quality than than one might expect from that fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is Waters Thanksgiving it. because he's watching the parade, and so that's that right. kind of answers the question: of What's he doing the rest of the year round? Apparently, he's, he's still got sleeping the in thing, Santa PJ. He got the chalkboard on the on the wall that says like. <laughs> 28 days till Christmas. Well, yeah. See, yeah. Does he just reset that every day after he Christmas? 364 yeah. days till I Christmas. Just, I just think if Harry got late, he might have dropped a lot of these things. Probably. That bothered him. Yeah. Or he might have been this... so filled with like self shame <laughs> that he might have like been even maybe. more fucked up. Oh, like, maybe. That's true. Self flagellation. On Donner. Like, on Blitzen. Sinning. On Boner. Randy oh my needs God. to be here to talk about the incels. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> well, if he would have got if he would have gotten into Moss's stash, he would have been fine. Uh, <laughs> all Moss had to do was just lend his stash, a little bit of his stash. Stop cutting out all the fucking cutouts, bro, and lend some of that shit to your buddy. That's <laughs> peeping on you with binoculars. Oh Lord, uh, the character, the reporter character who was reporting on all the mayhem. He the was mustache based, guy. Yeah, he was based on Second mustache Rivera. in a week. Geraldo. <laughs> he was loosely based on Geraldo, who at the time was not super famous nationally yet. He was kind of just known uh, on the East Coast. And found Capone's fucking stash yet. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Not interesting. Not interesting. Not as good as the stash from uh, Thanks Killing, though. Oh, yeah. The sheriff. Mm. That's primo. Or the guy from Sleepaway Camp. 
We haven't reviewed that yet. No spoilers. Okay. So the children's hospital and the news report about it was based on the real life Willowbrook State School in New York, where children were kept in deplorable conditions for years until Geraldo Rivera exposed it. There you oh, go. oh, I do remember that. Yeah, that was at the Christmas party, the, the company Christmas party, yeah. right? Which in the news report, they call them retards, which is fucking they did. Yeah. I I didn't know. yeah, that was I didn't terrible. Even that. Which was just a term that was thrown around. Again, there. second but, week in yeah. a row, we have that shit yeah. going on. Like, yeah, thanks killing. They used it quite a bit. Not yeah, cool. Yeah. Which was I'm a retarded cool. movie if I was going to use the term negatively. <laughs> But you're not. So the, 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 those expressed by Hyderberg are not of a cut above horror review. <laughs> Uh, some people seem to like debate whether he actually dies at the end or whether he actually flies off into the moon. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he he dies, but in his mind, he's he's like flying off into the moon. I kind of took it as like a Thelma and Louise type of thing. That's like sort of a liberating thing. Like they're not going to get us. They say Uh, you hear a crash, but I think the crash is his brother hitting the trash. Yeah, he drops a bunch of shit or trips on a bunch of shit. Yeah, and then Um, he looks up. So Lewis Jackson, the director and writer of the film, says that he does not think of this movie as a slasher movie, but more as a Frankenstein movie. And I had to think about that for a minute because it, that the comparison was not immediately apparent to me because I'm thinking, well, there's no like there's nobody being created here. Like nobody's creating a creature like mad scientist or whatever. And I, th- I think what he might be referring to, and I mean, I have no idea, but I think what he might be referring to is somebody who is innately good but who is being like kind of misunderstood by society and kind of battered emotionally over time over and over again that it kind of forces him into this dark kind of behavior and it's just different yeah yeah because like the the creature in frankenstein like everybody fears him and and except for kids he has that moment with the kid right the little girl yeah, that's true but he accidentally yeah. kills her and then the angry mob is after him and then he yeah. kills the, the wife angry as, mob. oh shit yeah he kills the wife as punishment they've got pitchforks and shit so um, that's what i was waiting for in that mob pitchforks <laughs> so that was the best i could come up with i don't know do you guys have that's, any better insight no. than that i think that's that might art. explain the fucking mob and the torches yeah and the torches <laughs> So there you go, Hyderberg. That dude has and, a fucking torch like in, in like a matter like that quick. He how funny was it? How funny was it when he was hiding and you see them go off into the dark and then he turns around out of the corner, he comes and then you see them all running back, which like to me was when he's a, driving, yeah. And then I, like, I they just come out of the corner. Of the I corner. had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard at that because you saw the lights going away, and all of a sudden he I want to say that way. had to be clean. There's no way you got from somewhere in the city to Long Island. Actually, I think the torches. whole thing is set in New Jersey. They took a cab. The actual movie is supposed to be set in I New think Jersey. It's supposed to be in New Jersey, like they somewhere. play it off like it's New York. Mm. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is New Jersey. That explains more. I, and I there was... are there are sections of New Jersey that are by the water that look like New York, like you could see the bridges and stuff like that. So that explains it. It's not the same state. I'm just kidding. I'm so joking. Look at that. You're fucking kidding me, bro. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. John, take it back. Take it back. I take it back. I'm sorry. That's like calling a Puerto Rican a Dominican. Like, you don't fucking do that, bro. Principal photography took place at various locations in New Jersey, including Union City, New Brunswick, Edgewater, Inglewood, and Montclair. The factory featured in the film was a real toy factory in New Brunswick. 
So I, that's where it was filmed. I, I, shot, yeah. I guess it was supposed to be set in New York, but uh, because they say on the island, one of the executives say on the island, which I took oh, as Long Island. That oh, went right by me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm from Long Island. So. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I'm from tell. Long Island. Hey. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, You're is... from Queens. No, a lot of people think I'm from Boston for some reason. <laughs> well, that is it for Christmas Evil. So thank you, John, for picking that. I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you chose that. That was a better film than I expected it to be. So I enjoyed it. I also like really, really quickly, I, I want to say thank you to Soju for coming yeah, on. In uh, all honesty, dude, uh, it's because of you guys, Bob, Brandy and yourself, uh, us three got together because you got yeah. the Slack channel. We, we, we did the Joe, we did the Joe Bob watch yeah. parties and we all kind of got together and decided that we were going to create our own podcast. So thank you guys so much. And where can they find you? Yeah, good. Of course. I'm glad I'm, you can never have too much horror content out there. we got to keep it going, keep Absolutely. the society alive, the community. <laughs> um, where can they find me? Um, let's see. Uh, straightchillingpodcast.com. And all of our tags are straight chilling. So Instagram at straight chilling podcast, I think. Uh, YouTube is youtube.com forward slash straight chilling podcast. Um, if you want to talk to me personally, I have a personal Instagram at Justin Abroad. And uh, those are all the places you can find me. Justin, yep. you take some amazing photos, by the way. You've been posting <laughs> a lot of them lately of your Thank travels you. and stuff like that. And you're yeah. just, is, is photography one of your hobbies or like you have a good eye? Uh, yeah, I've been yeah. doing I mostly started it when I was in Korea because there's like so many amazing things to take pictures of a lot of amazing like views. Yeah. yeah, this year yeah. I have yeah. been taking it like a lot more seriously. So thank you. you should, I'm glad. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also one other thing them. I'd like to see you guys do more. I'd like to see more video games on your part. Yeah, that is the thing. I wish I even had a plan because we were talking about Scooby-Doo. There's this like Scooby-Doo game for SNES. And I was like, I'm going to stream it as soon as I get home. And then I was like, oh, God, I just it feels like a billion things pile up. But uh, I want to. I want to. (laughs) But will I? We'll see. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) I also want to praise Justin's Justin Abroad YouTube channel. That's his personal YouTube channel because he it's not just photography. He takes, he makes these amazing videos about his travels throughout Korea. And, um, they're, I mean, they look super professional. His narration like, too it's really, really, oh, really <laughs> impressive. I mean, I hadn't, I mean, I started watching that a long time ago, but, um, I was super impressed. I didn't know that you had that skill set, but you do, um, mm. really beautiful videos about all kinds of different things about traveling abroad. And, um, I mean, landmarks and landscapes and new foods and, people and cafes and i mean just all kinds of really interesting things that i would never otherwise get a chance to see or know where to seek out but there it is so i would encourage people to check that out too um really beautiful stuff there yeah i guess that's just yeah that's just justin abroad as well you can do a search i i I don't i think i have a yeah it's justin abroad travel videos youtube go to straightchillingpodcast.com make sure you become a patreon for these guys as well because you know what you get a lot of extra content there yeah Yeah, that's the one thing we got going for us we got like a bajillion episodes you have a lot going for you guys but seriously the one thing i got into horror like i've always been into horror movies right like i was raised to be into horror a little bit, but I never actually picked the genre as like something that I was 
so dedicated into like finding out more about it and stuff like that. And then like 2014, I saw like it follows and I, I, I started I, like a lot of my friends are into film, but they're not into horror. So like I didn't know who to talk to about things. I started looking up podcasts. I was into podcasts. I used to listen to like a lot of video game podcasts. So like I started looking up. I found you guys. I found like your opinion on that one movie. And then like there were other uh, I, I watched Split and then like I listened to that episode and there were just a couple episodes where I just started getting like the vibe that you guys put down. I was like, wow, these guys are friends. There's like a friendly vibe. There's inside jokes that I don't necessarily understand yet. But as I went back and listened to the backlog, you start to understand like, oh, this is where that joke came from. This is where a solid one star came from. Got a lot like, of this, is why, <laughs> this is why they talk about screaming and creaming. This is where it all stems from. And like you start to feel like part of that community. Then you started mm. the Slack chat and like the rest has been fucking like, you know, off the like it just steamrolled into like this big thing now, like. Sometimes that we have I, a podcast based on what you have. Like, sometimes I feel real bad for like new time listeners. I'm like, they're gonna have no. I idea see that in your review sometimes. Like people, <laughs> people talk about stuff that they don't understand. I'm like, just go back and listen. Man. Just go back and it's listen. It's been like seven years. You, like at this point, yeah. you can't keep track of it all. So. Well, so That's I'll true. tell you something, Justin. So my first episode when I discovered you guys, it was because mm-hmm. of um Bob posting. I was. I'm a member of the Facebook group Jacksonville Horror Fans. Okay, yeah. And because um, I live in the Jacksonville area, and Bob had regularly posted every time there was a new episode in the Facebook group, and I always kind of ignored it. Like I always got a notification. Oh, somebody posted in this group. Mm. I was like, yeah. But um, but one day, just on a whim, I think the pandemic had just started, and I was like, God, I need something to listen to. And so I, uh, I was like, oh, I'll see what it is. And it was the Witchboard episode, which is so random, oh. but. <laughs> Yeah, just a really random <laughs> first episode to listen to, but um, really, I feel like you were involved before that. No, no, yeah. it was it was the spring. It was early spring of 2020. Wow, and yeah, so not that long. Wow. And uh, as Justin said, there were a lot of inside jokes going way over my head. <laughs> but your discussion of the movie, like, it's not a good. That's not a good movie, but the discussion was so interesting and your personalities mm-hmm. were so strong and the rapport among you was so entertaining that I was like, this is a great podcast. I need yep. to, I need to like get into this. And I was really happy. There were so many back episodes. And so I backed way up. And so I don't, I don't think I know the origins of every inside joke. I haven't heard every episode, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, if, if you listen, like you could catch up. And so I caught up despite that, um, I remember joining the Slack and it was only Justin and the other host. <laughs> no way. And Were you the first listener? I was like, not, I don't know if I was Probably. the first, but I was definitely one of the first. The Slack had just started. Yeah. The Slack had just started and I joined oh, it. And like, that's crazy. It, I don't even yeah. remember when the Slack started three or four years and ago. I was just I like, oh, this is cool. Like, I didn't, I wasn't even familiar with Slack, but I was like, oh, this is sort of yeah. like a Discord. It's, it's, right. it's the same premise. Same I was used to Discord from playing video games. Yeah. And I was just um, like, all right, this is I'll, cool. I'll you didn't say have this. any channels set up. You had the, the one main channel just for chatting. I'll, I'll say this is that uh, the straight chilling boys owe me a favor. I went to hell for them. Yeah, uh, episode 300 mm, for them. So great uh, episode. They, That's they, true. They, I think they Bob owe owes you like a jet ski at least, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we're like halfway to 400 also, now. So Who's gonna, yeah. man, what are we going to do Since we're not allowed to talk about it, <laughs> would, would you say there's a there's a cooter in this film at all? Ooh, well. Um, 
I mean, Harry's probably a cooter. Well, really? a lot of it's subtle. It's so, like, I yeah. feel like sexual deviancy he probably should have hit on, but like that is the evidence. I think there Santa's the real cooter. Right? Isn't Santa actually Frank. the real cooter? <laughs> Frank. His dad? Frank. <laughs> He, he's got that. He's got the fishing hat on for most of the movie. Manipulative. He yeah. manipulated. He manipulates. He's got the attire. Mm. He manipulated. Um, he's kind of smugly uh, arrogant. Working. The way he's, he's like, yeah, I got that. We got three right there, right there. He brags about, yeah, him tricking him into working for him. He does. That's manipulation right there. Or yeah, smug arrogance and manipulation for. And then sure. he brags about it later. Yeah, so that's smug arrogance. Mm. He's not sexually deviant. We don't know. I mean, his wife has a son. I thought he's looking attire with that hat. The cat the, wearing a fishing hat at work is weird. Isn't his he going wife on a trip soundly though? after he while he gets killed? He lies so there about could it. Be some sexual deviance that we're not aware of. Why she does that? Why can't she scream? <laughs> we don't know. But yeah, why can't she scream? And why was she so asleep? I was so asleep. Uh, I don't know if that's enough evidence to convict. There you go. Hey, Jacqueline, it's your pick next week. We're staying with this holiday movie theme. What are you picking? Uh, I'm going to pick the unknown Rob Zombie Christmas movie. No, I'm just kidding. I just had to mention Rob Zombie. Oh, my God. Yeah, we almost (laughs) forgot to mention Rob Zombie. I think think we should do a thing where, like, if I fail to mention Rob Zombie in an episode, I have to... We need bumps, to, guys. Yeah. We need a yeah. Rob Zombie bump. We need a Rob <laughs> Zombie bump when you mention him. Watch out. They'll, they'll sue you. <laughs> um, yeah, That's where all go our Patreon money goes. <laughs> Your legal <laughs> fund. Bumps, right? yeah. Randy's got this huge board. He's like Phantom of the Opera. He's playing them all. Mew, 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 mew. Anyway, no, I'm not picking a Rob Zombie movie next week. Thank I you. am picking <laughs> the movie Silent Night from 2012. Also known as kind of a re- oh <laughs> god! <laughs> I know. I Good know. luck, squad. <laughs> oh, John just like died and fell. Have you seen it? Yes, yeah, I have okay. not. But okay. it's been a while, okay. so I. I you know what? Shutter just released is Silent Night, Deadly Night three, four, to and five. five. Yeah, yeah. I'm not picking any of those. I'm picking Silent. Thank those you. are the ones but you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just a just a like heads up. I was searching for where I could stream this video for stream this movie, and I found it on Amazon Prime. But it has a weird like notation on it. It says like "dupe Silent Night." I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. But for anybody who's trying to stream it out there, it says D-U-P-E? "dupe." But it's yeah, I don't know why. But okay. it's like the graphic is correct, and it's 2012, and it looks like it's the right movie. But that's the only place I could find it. Um, okay. But that's that's what it says. So right, we'll find it. Yeah. So I hope you guys don't hate me too much next week, but that's what I'm picking. And that's final. Where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter at cut above horror. And if you'd like to send us an email so far and like months of casting, nobody has sent us an email yet, but we still I'm going to keep, either, so don't worry I'm about keep that. saying it. <laughs> you can email Electronic us. At, mail. It's new. I know it's this new thing. We're still getting thing. used to it a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can let us know what you think of the show. Tell us stuff you want us to talk about. Tell us your thoughts about the movie, whatever you want. We don't care. Just email us so that we can say we got an email. There you go. Be the first, be the first to email. Yeah, be the, f- you have the opportunity to be. And the then first. in seven years, you can be like Hydroberg and be like, I sent them their first email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the first hard with us fan. Yeah. Yes. Um, you 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 already talked about Twitter, um, Instagram. Instagram. You can find us at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. 
And you can also find us on Facebook, A Cut Above, colon, Horror Review. Make sure you follow us on there. And we also appreciate any ratings or reviews that we, you'd give us on iTunes and wherever you listen to us, because we're worldwide, baby. So listen to us and thank you guys so much. I don't think you can rate on Spotify, do you? No, just no. on iTunes. Just on but, iTunes. But, okay. but we, we like appreciate you listening on Spotify. On. Okay. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> rate us on iTunes. Five's awesome. We'd love it. We'll see you guys all back here next week. So boys and girls, keep it naughty and keep it creepy.